0: you're listening to simple roots radio episode number 152 and today we're talking about healing your relationship with wellness welcome to simple roots radio with alexa shirn alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health and now your host alexa shirn welcome back to this podcast as always my name's alexa and this is the place to get healthy live happy, and find more joy. I'm so glad you're here. And today, we are diving into the mind again. This is kind of a playoff of episode number 150, where I talked with Whitney Leone about her story with disordered eating, and she really opened up my mind to this idea of healing ourselves, of being uniquely our own, but intertwined with everything we do at the same time. So today we're going to specifically talk how do we heal our view of wellness and really get back to a healthy place in our mind and in our body. Now, I'm not promising to know everything on disordered eating. Like I kind of mentioned in that podcast, I don't specifically struggle with something severe. Maybe at times I had struggles with orthorexia, just being in the business that I am, But I will tell you, I don't think that anyone is exempt from having disordered thoughts about food and our body. I think living in this culture that we do today, and of course I'm speaking for everyone here, so if you're not one of this, kudos to you, but I would say that the majority of people who live in this culture that we do have experienced feelings of where they are is not enough, of wanting change, of desiring change, of being unhappy in their own skin, feeling like the weight just won't come off, and almost like that idea that you're not enough right here. So today we're going to talk about that and how can we heal this idea? How can we heal from that? How can we heal and get to a place of actually loving ourselves and coming to a healthy place with wellness, of using wellness and health as a means for greater purpose in our life, not just as a means to get to a certain number on the scale or a certain size jeans or of thinking that joy lies in any of that, right? Like that is not where joy and happiness come from. And today we're going to uncover that. But like I said, I'm not an expert in disordered eating. And if you do struggle with something like anorexia or bulimia or binge eating or orthorexia, I hope that this just brings to light some of those issues. And I don't want to be insensitive to it. I know that they are very real things that so many women and men struggle with, and it's not very talked about. So I want you to know today that you are not alone in the struggle, that this is a battle that everyone will have to come face to face with at some point. And today I want to choose you as the winner, not the disease, not the anorexia, not the bulimia, not the food. Those cannot win this battle, but you are going to rise up and you are going to beat it. And that is what's so awesome about this Idea and the switch of coming to a place where you are not anorexia, you are not bulimia, you are not orthorexia, or you are not the means of a healthy diet. Like that does not label you. Those might be part of who you are. It might be part of your story, but it is not the full story. And so we're gonna talk about that. How can we change this view? And like I said, I'm working through this as well, but this has really become such a deep passion of mine is that we cannot be people who just do this for the sake of seeking something on the other side, for, for satisfying a feeling, right? Like we're all searching for something, but to get to the point that health, will never satisfy that feeling. It, it it's not its intent. There's something more. And we're a people who in research know that we are driven by bigger and greater purposes, something outside of ourselves. And inside my mindset guide, which you have to go download, you can find it over in the show notes at SemperitWellness.com backslash one five two. Or just go to SemperitsWellness.com. It's there. It's going to be all over the place. Download that free guide and start working through it. Because what you're going to find is that we can't fix ourselves. Yes, there's a a, a means of that, like where we can't fix other people. But we can't fix ourselves either. And that's the power and um, that's the necessity of faith and health. And why I really feel like we can't experience true and lasting health without having A savior, someone who can come in and kind of pull all the pieces together to be our hope, to help get us outside of our body and really heal from that. So if you listen to last week's episode, or I mean Monday's episode, Monday Motivation, you're going to kind of understand the power of religion in a really small way. And why it's important. And throughout the summer, as I have guests on and as I go through podcasts, you're going to start to see how that is so intertwined into everything that we do. It's like the middle thread that we weave everything around and without it, nothing is strong. And so that's why I think that's so important. And we're going to dig into that maybe just a little bit today. But really, I have five points that I want to make that could maybe help heal this view and relationship that you have with wellness. So that's where we're going today. I hope it's encouraging for you. I just wanted to be clear off the bat is that I see you, I notice you, I love you, I value you, and I think that you are here because you are meant to experience true healing from the chains of the diet industry and of looking a certain way. Like We are going to break free of that and be a people who can live on mission for something bigger than just health. Because again, health was never designed to be something that we had to live for. Health was always supposed to be something that we lived with to do greater things. So my hope in this is that health is not just something you do. Wellness is not just something you do, but it's who you are. It's a piece of you. Not a defined label of, oh my gosh, i got a hold to the standard. But it just becomes a part of your natural daily rhythms, like intertwined in everything that you do. So that's my hope with this. And what's fascinating, this is just a side note, but there's a new study and field of science called quantum biology. And quantum biology basically is the study of how the mind influences the physical body. Now, we obviously used to think like the thoughts were just things, right? Like floating around in nature that didn't really have a grasp on our body. However, we always know at some level that that was untrue. Like we know that when we get embarrassed, our skin gets flushed. We know that when we get nervous, we might get butterflies in our stomach. Those are just perceived thoughts. Like that's having a physical reaction inside the body. So we know that thoughts are powerful, but we haven't really understood the impact of the, the full second-by-second impact that this is having at the cellular level. Like, our body is responding first and foremost to the thoughts that we have because it's the perception of the environment. It's a safety mechanism for our body. So this idea with the Summer Mindset series is, how can we heal the mind so that we can heal the body? Because I will tell you, I don't ever believe that there can be a healthy body without a healthy mind. Like, I think in order to feel well, we have to think well. And that's why this is so, so powerful— But when we study the field of quantum biology, what they're learning through this branch of it called interpersonal neurobiology, sorry for all the big words, is that we are relational beings. Like at some level, we were designed to be relational. I would like to even go take it a step further and say that science is showing that our bodies are designed in worship. We were created to be worshipful beings of something higher than ourselves. Again, going back to religion and why I believe that Jesus has to be a central part of healing in our lives is because we know in science that without this higher being of worship, that we will never be fully complete. Like we will always be searching for a feeling. And the feeling can only be made complete in that higher power, again, in Jesus. So we have to have this understanding and this central scope, that health has to be the center thread that everything in our life is interweaved around. But taking that a step further, what they're finding is that we have become a people who like to segment things. Like we like to become nouns. Like we are our own being. We have our own organ systems, right? Like I think that we like to take life and just segment it off into different aspects. But what this is showing is that everything is actually intertwined together and the more we segment our life off, the more lonely we become or this level of relationship gets broken and the more chaotic and rigid our life becomes, including our biology. So what they're saying is the more we separate ourselves into our own being without intertwining everything we do in life, the more unhealthy we become and the more chaotic our inner being is, meaning our mind, our relationships, our finances, but even more at a cellular level, our body becomes chaotic, our hormones get chaotic, like nothing works in flow or what they would call in harmony. The only way to be in harmony is to intertwine all of this together into one long rhythm. That's just what I'm going to say. Right? Like, I'm just going to call it a rhythm. And we know that, right? Like, we can see that. Our work life is having an impact on our home life, no matter how much you try to segment it off. Your health is having an impact on your mindset. Your mindset is having an impact on your relationships and your finances and everything, right? Nothing is separate. Nothing can be boxed off and walled off. It's always having an effect. And the more we try to put up these walls, the more we're told to create balance and And to leave work at work, the more chaotic we're becoming because that's against our design. Okay, that's a total ramble and a side note, but I think it goes to show that relationships and being needed and needing others is a true part of who we are. And without putting a focus on that, I think we're left lonely. We're left chaotic and scattered, and we have a poor view of what wellness is supposed to be. So if I first had to come in and say, one, you are not alone, that there is a world of people out here who love you. And even more than that, they're all going to fail you, right? Like that's the power of Jesus and having a savior in your life who you can really go back to, to true love. And once we start to understand his love for us, then, and only then can we start to understand what love really looks like and start to pour that, like that becomes an overflow into our life, allowing us to love ourselves. Now you're like, okay, she's gone on a tangent in a rant, but this is really, really, really important stuff and the health of our mind and the health of our body. But to get into this, our view of wellness, I first want to go back and and maybe redefine what wellness is. To go back to the study of interpersonal neurobiology and state that wellness and health is not just its own box. It's not just its own category, but it's everything that you do throughout your day is either nourishing or non-nourishing to your body and to your mind and to your relationships. So what I mean by that is that wellness is your life. It, it It's a scope of your life and how you're feeding it. So think about this in your body, right? Are you nourishing your body with healthy foods or are they unhealthy foods? Are you treating your body in nourishing ways by practicing some self-care, which doesn't have to look like bath bombs and lavender and all the things, right? But are you taking time to rest and get adequate sleep? Or are you just constantly hustling like the world tells you you should be doing? Again, separating work from life. Wellness also looks like, are you having nourishing relationships? Are you getting Are you getting built up and encouraged by those relationships? Are you able to encourage other people or are you constantly getting knocked down time and time again by hurtful words? Are your finances, are you buying things that are nourishing your financial health or are you doing things that are against that? So wellness isn't a separate thing, but it's how our entire life is interwoven together around that one strand of higher power, of of God, of Jesus, right? And that is what wellness is, is how are we nourishing ourselves to live in health or how are we doing the opposite of, of really pulling ourselves away from health? And I think once we start to look at life with, those, with that view of this is either nourishing or non-nourishing and kind of come to this place of walking away from restriction and thinking I can't do this or I can't have foods or I have to work out, And shift that thinking to what food serves me, what workouts serve me, what makes me feel well-nourished and energized, like coming to this place of, okay, I see wellness as everything that I do. It's, It's intertwined in everything that I do. Now, how can I come alongside of that and serve that well so that I feel well and I feel nourished and I feel energized so that I can go out and give? It's, it's this idea of filling the vessel back up. And I think what it boils down to is that we're so confused by the wellness industry and this constant bombardment of information that we don't even understand how it is that we actually feel right here, right now, and how do we really want to feel? And that's where we see ourselves get on these vicious cycles, right? We're all living in these cyclical rhythms of life, this interwoven rhythm of life. And, and I think a lot of us want to get off these negative cycles that we have, whether it's a negative cycle of abuse with food, you, you're you binging, or you can't stop eating sugar, and um, you want to exercise, but you can't get yourself up in the mornings. Like All these negative cycles around wellness, but even more, there are negative cycles around relationships, like why you constantly go for uh, the quote unquote bad guy, or you know, you're constantly putting yourselves in positions where people are putting you down. Like we 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 see these negative cycles that so many people live in. And so I question, why haven't we gotten ourselves out of those cycles? Now, yes, I know addiction is this whole other thing, but I think even in addiction, there's negative cycles. And I think in order to get ourselves out of these cycles, we have to come to an awareness of how are these making us feel? What feeling are we searching for that these are fulfilling? And question, is it working? Or on the other hand, how do I really wanna feel? Like, are these things actually nourishing me? Are they serving me well? Are they making me feel energized. And then on the flip side, know how is it that I want to feel? So I first want you to ask yourself, how do you want to feel? If you have the mindset guide, this is all inside of it. So you don't need to worry. Just go over to the show notes, grab that download, print it off and start working through it. But coming to the realization with wellness of healing your view of food is that we have to know how is it that I want to feel? Not how have I felt, but how do I really wanna feel? And here's the, here's the big point that I probably shouldn't give you till the end, but spoiler alert, you need to start living like you already feel that way. Because if we don't start living here, if we don't start putting action behind this positive thought process of where we wanna go, then we're going to stay stuck in these vicious, repeated cycles over and over and over again. Sure, you might start to pull yourself out, but it'll eventually round itself back up. Like the world of dieting, right? We see yo-yo dieting. We, it makes us feel good for a period of time. We start to see progress in that. But it's actually a harmful, vicious cycle. And vicious cycles always come full circle. So you're going to gain the weight. You're going to have to start back over all the way again. So instead of that, like understanding how is it that you really want to feel and then start living that way. Start doing things and thinking things and being relational with people that make you feel that way. Like start living there. Again, we can't be well until we think well. And the best way to get started with that is to actually start putting that into action, which we're going to talk about all of next week about this action principle, but you're going to see that in the guide as well. So. That's the step one, but I have five ways that we can really come alongside of ourselves and help our body to heal from this idea of wellness. So we're gonna break them down. Of course, there's more than this because again, health is very individualized. Wellness is very individualized. Wellness is what works for you. That's why I can't come in and say, like, there's one big thing that's going to work and heal your view of wellness. But I think it's a series of going through the deep work and uncovering where you actually are, like having that awareness of where you are and where you want to go and seeing why or why not you're getting there. And actually not one of the specific points that I have for today, but maybe start by asking yourself, why have you not been able to change? Like, what is keeping you here? Maybe more importantly than why you want to do something is why you're not doing something. And that gives us room to work with, right? So ask yourself, why have you not changed? Why do you keep repeating the vicious cycles? Why do you have such a bad view of food? Where did it come from? What was it? Like I said last week on the podcast with episode number 150 with Whitney, she was really brave in uncovering her story. A lot of times it's going to stem from childhood Even if you had the best parents in all the world, right? Like we all live in dysfunctional family. When you put more than one person together, there is a level of dysfunction there. But I think that we all created these, we were all raised with different food views and views of wellness and maybe of our body. But at some point somewhere, this view got distorted. And and maybe from that point, that's when the vicious cycle started. So maybe going all the way back to the first cycle, and maybe you've lived with this all of your life, and you just recognize that these are cycles that have been passed down from generation to generation. Maybe you recognize, yeah, my mom was a yo-yo dieter. She didn't like her body, and that just got passed down to me. Like, that became what I knew and recognized as truth based on how I grew up. But now you can stop and say, okay, this is why I'm not changing. This is where my story started. Now you can start to put the pieces together on how you can actually change. And I think so often we just have this like massive puzzle that we've dumped out on the floor and we have no idea how to even put the pieces together. And I don't think that we have to know how to put all the pieces together, but putting the ones together that have already happened can help break that cycle. And again, it comes back to awareness. So, What are the five tips to help you heal from wellness? One is to know and accept where you are, which maybe goes along with the why or why not you're doing something. Know where you are. And there's a lot of power in stories. And we're gonna talk specifically about the power of stories and what we're telling ourselves next week. But there is this tremendous idea that we can get ourselves into a fantasy land, we can cover up bad things to make them look better. But at the same time, we can also live in this victim mindset of everything is happening to us and we have no control over it, which is like coupled together, this really dangerous place to live in because it makes change seem impossible. But we know change is never impossible. We just have to start making the right choices to get ourselves there. So the first thing I want you to recognize is where are you? And accept it. Don't diminish it. Don't write a new story but accept it. Okay, I am here and this is why I'm here. I don't want to be here, but this is why I'm here and I'm going to accept that for the time being. And once we really start to gain this awareness of how we feel right now, then we can start to put more leverage behind how it is that we wanna feel. Now, I think I told this story on a different podcast about my experience with Starbucks drinks and this addiction with Starbucks. So this is really silly. And you can go ahead and just judge me all you want, but there was a time in my life when I felt like I was really addicted to Starbucks drinks. And partly this was due because of the memories that I created, right? Like we, we don't just get addicted to things necessarily because of the taste. Of course, there's a dopamine response to sugar and other things, but part of this is the sensory attachment that we can get to things. Why, like, when you go into Grandma's house and Christmas time, and you smell like warm cookies baking, it like takes you back. Like, it brings up all these memories. So, smells can bring up memories, sight, um, locations, relationships. All of these can actually stimulate our drive for wellness or a lack of drive for wellness. So, anyways, one of my obsessions used to be Starbucks drinks, and I used to get one every time we were in Cedar Rapids, and I would just love it and like the way that it made me feel. And it was just all warm and fuzzy, right? Like the perfect day was to go pick up Starbucks and go run errands or do whatever. But what I learned was that one, I knew that that Starbucks drinks was not serving my body. It always made me feel a little off and it never gave me the energy that I wanted. Like I knew that having a Starbucks drink was not good on my budget, but it was also not good on my health Now, to each their own, right? And so what I started to do was instead of just doing that because I felt this need and this desire, I started to actually be aware of that situation. Like I started to live in the moment enough to feel and experience that. And what I learned was that when I was actually in the moment, that drink didn't really taste that good. Like it was somewhat bitter. Like I didn't love it. I love the idea of it, but I didn't love it. So I've created this whole story about why Starbucks drinks were in the end-all be-all, why they created some form of happiness and joy in my life come to be. It was really not serving me at all. And I ended up stopping that addiction just because I came to the way- awareness. I ended the story that I told myself. And I came to the awareness that, man, this really wasn't that good. It wasn't serving me. It didn't taste very good. It wasn't making me feel well-nourished. And I really didn't need it. Of course, I didn't just get rid of it. Like there's a replacement aspect to that, which we're gonna talk about next week. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like to be aware enough of the things that you're doing in these natural rhythms of life that help you understand, is this serving me or is this not? Because I think we have these grand ideas of wanting to change. We know where we wanna go. We see this vision, but we don't know where we are. And if we don't know where we are, how in the world are we gonna get to where we wanna go? right? Like you have to know on the map where you currently are so that you can find a path to get there. And so having that time and that awareness of where you are right now is going to make a difference. Number two is I think that we have to start changing our view of the outcome. And I say this lightly because I think there is something to having a vision of where you want to go with wellness, with your life. But I think we need to change that view from a final destination into just a journey. Like you have this vision of where you want to go, but you know that that's not the end destination. In life, there's always room for growth. We will never arrive. And so having this mindset of arrival really sets ourselves up for disaster. And I say this like I've seen this with people where they where they set a goal weight on a scale. And once they arrive to that goal weight, it very rarely fills them up, maybe temporarily. But Almost always, I would say in 80% of the people I've seen arrive, they want to go more, they want to go deeper. Or on the other hand, they experience the fallback and they're like, okay, I arrived. This wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Therefore, I'm just going to go back to my old way of life. Like it didn't fulfill that feeling that they were searching for, which will never be filled in wellness. But we have to know, like anything in life, it's not about arriving, but it's about learning and growing on the journey. It's about the mindset of growth. And I think once we get our mind from a destination into a mindset of growth, then we can really start to see wellness in a new light. Like it takes the pressure off of ourselves and it allows us to step out and say, okay, I want to feel well. I want to live well-nourished. I see where I am and I can start to take these baby steps to health, these small, simple things and start to really be aware of how they're serving me instead of just doing this all or none approach of trying to pick up this massive snowball before you've worked yourself up to the ability to have the strength to do that. So we can't have this all or none because it's totally against how the mind works and how the body works. That states, I think having that mindset of all or none reinforces the idea in your mind that you are not enough right now and that you don't have the capacity to do what you need to do. It reinforces all the lies that we're going to try to break next week. Instead, this idea of having a journey and Being a growth mindset knows, okay, I know where I am, I see where I am, I accept it, and I want to grow. I want to become better for the sake of being better, for the sake of being healthier, for the sake of having a better view of myself, not for the sake of arriving at a destination that will never fulfill what I'm seeking in the beginning. So instead of the all or none, which again is the reason why it doesn't work, it's because it never satisfies what you're looking for. Plus, we don't have the strength to carry that. And instead, be willing to take these small steps. So change your view of the outcome. I think we need to write down what were you hoping for? And instead of that, like, yeah, that can be a great goal. But taking the pressure off to meet that, as long as you're willing to take the journey. And number three is to be grateful for food and your body. We villainize our body over and over and over again. And we villainize food. We give food way more power than it was ever intended to be. Like, I think we just needed to define what food is and what food is not. Food is a life source. It is supposed to provide nourishment for us, to provide calories and energy, and really nothing more. But I think we've made food into our therapist. We've made food become our feelings. We've made food, in some instances, become a god to us. We want it to fix all of our problems, and we want it to satisfy our deepest longings. Food is something that we use to satisfy what we're searching for, or what we're searching for and we can't find. And so, food pacifies that for a minute. That's not the intended power of food. Food is supposed to be life-giving. Of course, it can be relational. It can be emotional in some aspects. Like there is a pleasure component to food, but we have to stop giving food so much power over our lives because that's where we villainize food. When we when we have this idea that food has power to control us, then it does become a villain. And that's not the intended purpose of food, just like that's not the intended purpose of wellness, of your health. It's not the villain in the story. So instead of that, we have to come to a place where we just work with our body. We understand that all of these things can be nourishing or not nourishing, and we have to start recognizing what really does fill us up and what doesn't. So part of that is just being grateful for food and for our body. So for instance, one thing that I've done is that in the past, um, one of my very first incidents um, with the idea that my body was not enough was in third grade. We had a third grade field trip to the pool and we were walking there. Of course, boys at that age don't have a filter. And one boy, I know exactly who he was. I won't say his name on here. He started pointing at me and calling me thunder thighs. Now at the time I I've always, like I'm I'm just more predisposed to have very muscular legs. And so I did have bigger legs than some of the other girls in class who really hadn't grown. I grew really fast. And so anyways, he called me Thunder Thighs. And honestly, to this day, when I try on a pair of shorts, I instantly go back to my thighs. That has had a hold on me from some third grade boy for that many years that it has always become a source of negativity in my mind. And so one of the ways that I fight this or I fought this, and I don't know if the fight ever really goes away for body image, which is maybe a point of its own. These fights never go away. It's just something that we have to learn to continuously battle every single day. Um, But we'll find more joy and happiness in the process. It does get easier. But one thing that I do is... I think I'm grateful for the thighs. So they have taken me on many half marathons. They allow me to go on bike rides with my family. They allow me to work and to be active and to be doing the things that I enjoy. So I think it's easy for us to put down food and to put down our body and to put this idea of health down into negative things that wreck us. But we know that negative thoughts always equate to negative behaviors. So if we change our thoughts from negativity to positivity, one great way to do that is gratitude. And the more positive we can get, the more likely we are to put a positive action behind that. So what I mean by that is instead of demeaning your body, start being grateful for your body. And I think in time, what you're going to find is that... You recognize the value of it more, just like food. Instead of saying, man, that's a lot of food or there's too many carbs, I can't do that. Like look at a plate of food and be grateful that there is food there, that this food is nourishing, that this food is good for you. Like positive affirmations about the things that you do takes the power away from things that were never intended to have that power in the beginning and helps put you back in that rightful place. And so being grateful for food and for your body can be huge steps and this healing process and this growth mindset rather than the all or none. Again, it ends the searching and longing for a feeling. It takes that away from food and your body, which will never provide that feeling in the end. So that's number three. Number four is find what you provide. So I think we have to like get away from how we look and come back to the table and say, what is it that I bring to the table? Like, what is it that I'm purposed here on earth to do? Again, the people who have the greatest amount of change in their lives are the ones who also see a higher purpose for their lives than the ones who live with purpose and on purpose. And I think that we were all created here with that. It might be smaller than some other people, but it doesn't mean that it's less than, right? Like your purpose might be to mother your kids really well. Someone else's purpose might be to start that nonprofit or be a CFO or or whatever it is. Yours right now might seem really small and insignificant. And I remember the days of having little kids and thinking, man, this is hard. Like this is really hard. No one sees me. No one thanks me. No one notices me. It's easy to get in those traps of I'm just here and I'm purposeless. But those are the moments that you have the most purpose. So don't ever lose sight of that. But know your purpose. And it has to be something bigger than health. Because if we know our purpose, we're more apt to live in a way that nourishes our body in order to live that purpose. Like there's more power in why you want to do this. You have a why that makes change. And as they say, you feast on where you focus. So if you're constantly focused in the state of health, it it generally backfires on you versus this idea of, of looking at the bigger picture. So that's tip number four is to start looking at the bigger picture to kind of get yourself out of this, this small thinking of, if I could just change where I am right now, then I'll have purpose, then I'll have happiness, then I'll have joy. No, no, no. That's never found in the destination because there is no destination that creates that. Yes, you might reach goals, right? Like getting to that number on the scale, but that will never bring you joy and happiness if you can't be happy here. So living with greater purpose can help give you more power to, in order to live that way, to help you get out of this mindset of health is something I do to make health something you become. And number five is to create life rhythms. Like I've said all along, is that this has to be a part of everything that you do. Health is not just something you do in the morning in your morning routine by working out and having a healthy breakfast. It's not just for meal times. Health is in everything that you do. Just like your relationships are interwoven into everything. Your financial situation is interwoven into everything. Everything that we have in our life is interwoven together. It's all one being. So I really want you to take this like way zoomed out approach instead of looking and micromanaging every little thing. Zoom out and start to see life as a rhythm. You're living in one big daily rhythm, and if we can start to nourish those rhythms inside your life, that is where you find lasting health. And so what I mean by that, instead of just trying to upset normal habits or rhythms that you have, start to focus on good things that you can incorporate into your everyday life, Work on the relationship that's failing. Go to counseling and work on your mind. Get rid of some of this deep stuff that you have in your past. Maybe instead of doing the workout that you hate in the morning, you just decide that you're gonna get a a Fitbit and you're gonna track steps because you like to be active and you like to move, and that gives you more freedom. Health was not designated to a 60-minute workout. Health really was just active movement and health. And again, Understanding what serves you, what provides energy for you, and what nourishes you. So start to be understanding of your natural life rhythms. Again, going back to point one is accept and understand where you are and then start to incorporate the small, simple changes into your natural rhythms that create positive change. And that's the only way that we'll see life change in this healing relationship with wellness. As long as we keep it a separate entity, we will never understand the power of pulling it all together. Like it will always be a chaotic fight because that's been studied, Like right? Every time we keep something separate or we try to box it off and make it this big thing, it always creates chaos and rigidity. That's been shown inside our body, inside everything that we do. So if you feel like your health situation right now is chaotic, it's probably because you've boxed it off. You've made it this big thing rather than just understanding how health is interwoven into everything you do. So if you're there, I want you to take the focus off of health and start to focus on other little things that you do throughout your daily life. Now, one thing that I've noticed, and I've been looking and following some Instagrammers and, and those people who just seem to be wellness, you know what I'm saying? Like not just something that they do, but they just are wellness. You'll see it interwoven into every little aspect of your life. It's not just this big box thing, but it's just a part of who they are. And I think that's what's so powerful. Like if we go back before the diet industry, wellness was a part of life. People were outside. They were active. They didn't do their 60-minute workout. They were just active people, right? And they gardened and they ate things of the earth and they really like focused on powerful relationships. And, and they did all of this just as a natural rhythm of life, not as these big things that they have to do that are segmented off. And that's my hope for you. As my brother-in-law says, who's active in his career, he says there's a huge difference between work muscles and exercise muscles. And it's so true. Work muscles are integrated muscles that you use all throughout your day. Exercise muscles are designated for 60 minutes at a time. And then nothing the rest of the day. And there is a huge difference because work muscles are always stronger than exercise muscles. Because exercise muscles only work out the few but maybe large muscle groups for getting all the little small things that actually intertwine it all together. It's why exercise muscles have way more in- injuries than work muscles. Where work muscles work all the little intertwined muscle groups that hold the entire body together. Making the body as a whole so much stronger. So that's my little analogy is that we have to work this into our life and stop segmenting it off. And I think that is the only way to heal from wellness, to make it that. So if you're focused so much again on just exercise or just eating well, we've missed the point of what wellness is and take the focus off of those things and maybe start to put the focus more into just your everyday life. What are the things that you do on an everyday life and how can you nourish those? So shift that focus into more of these natural life rhythms, give them more focus, and see if you can start to intertwine it all together. Now, I think the easiest way to go about this is to go back to that guide that I gave you, the Joy Experiment. You can find it in the show notes again at sunburnswellness.com backslash 152. Download that guide and print it off because as I mentioned in the beginning, the best way to do this is to understand where you are right now how does it make you feel? And then to start understanding how do you want to feel? Like where do you really, like how do you really wanna feel in this life and start living as if you already feel that way. And living there means that your understanding of that in everything that you do throughout the day. So that's my hope for you. That's my encouragement is to help you start living the way that you wanna feel and recognize that that's where change lies. So I hope that you know, You're not alone in this journey. You are here with purpose and on purpose and for purpose. There is something so great for you. We just have to step outside of this view that we have to wait for a destination to get there and and step away from the power that we give food and health and just recognize it as something good to nourish and energize our body for something so much more. So I hope that you left encouraged from this podcast. Again, this is where we're going this summer. We're diving into this in more detail. I have a few more solo shows coming up Two specifically, next week we're gonna talk about the power of the stories that we write in our minds. And then the third, the next week, we're gonna dive into the mindset diet. Like how we can actually start to change our diet and these baby steps to create big power in our life. So I have a whole little system over there that we're gonna do with that. And then we're gonna start jumping into interviews. But in the meantime, don't forget that every Monday morning I'm releasing a quick, less than 10 minute motivation podcast that will help uplift your day and just give you a little action and encouragement to give you the courage to continue on in this journey because it is so worth it. So again, come back every Monday morning for that. And don't forget, I'll be back here next Wednesday talking all about the mindset of storytelling. Also, don't forget to head on over to the show notes at SemperWordsWellness.com backslash 152 to download that free guide, print it off and start doing it. And if you love the show, please tell other people about Simple Ritz Radio. That is how the show grows. That is how we get it out to more people to join this community who are fed up with the way the health industry is. Okay, that was a little harsh, but who want a different path, a path of true wellness, of true health that is nourishing on the inside and outside. So tell your friends and family about Simple Ritz Radio. Leave a rating and review over on iTunes. That means the world to me, like so much. Just you sharing it can make all the difference. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simple Roots Radio. I will see you back here on Monday morning.